Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we do get started, I want to encourage you to pick up your copy of Slime Incorporated. It's my very first uh, detective novel. And it's set against the backdrop of the Idaho governor's race. So it's got some very nice elements in it. I really try to blend some classic uh, detective stuff while also giving it a little bit of a 21st century feel. Uh, you can pick up the book as a paperback. It's also available for the Nook and for the Kindle and for all other uh, devices through Smashwords.com. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Pursuit, and we had four lost episodes uh, between last week's show and this week's show, so here now is today's episode from February 7th, 1950, The Pursuit on Lundy Island. Pursuit. Pursuit. A criminal strikes and fades quickly back into the shadows of his dark world. And then, the man from Scotland Yard. The relentless, dangerous pursuit. When man hunts man. Now, with Ted DeCourcy as starred as the famous Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard, we bring you tonight's story of violence and murder. The Pursuit on Lundy Island. Slippery, sir. Mind your step. Thank you, Inspector. All right, Captain. We're ready to go. Just two four lines. Oh, we may as well go into cabin, sir. Hour and a half run to Lundy. Right you on. Lundy! Stand by with a boat hook. Get me clear of the pilings. Aye, aye, sir. Bit of luck tonight. Dark, but pods lifted for a moment. Yes, Grant. Oh, I say, Flower Joe, I'm afraid I'll have to catch some fags from you. I seem to have left mine at the end. I'd gone to a favorite inn of mine near Clovelly on the northern coast of Devonshire for a weekend holiday. Even a Scotland Yard man must rest. But unfortunately, the criminal doesn't take that into consideration. The body of a woman had been washed ashore on the island of London. Inspector Reginald Flowerdew of the Barnstable Constabulary, knowing that I was in the vicinity, had phoned for assistance and picked me up. We drove to Biddeford and there boarded a motor launch which was soon churning through the dark waters of Bristol Channel, bound for the island of Lundy. 
At 10 p.m., approximately four hours after the body had been discovered, we sighted the warning light on the high crags overlooking the quiet village. Of course, sir. It's every man to his choice, but I prefer heavier tackle. I still say it depends on the fish. My dear fellow, you might as well use a converted billiard jewel for a salmon. <laughs> well, sir, Sorry. you do have a point there. Can you see something off the shoulder there? I'm not sure, you know, sir. Something up. Ah, I see it. A small vessel. No lights. He's making no headway, sir. Inspector Flowerdew! Yes! Will you and the Chief Inspector come on deck? Right on! Hey, bloody odd. Drifting with no lights. Ahoy, the boat! Ahoy, there! Perhaps we'd better have a look, Captain. Aye. It pulled probably asleep below. Get a line on it, Andy. All fast, sir. Hello, on board. They would have heard us, Captain. Let's have a look. Hey. Dandy, get me a torch. All right. Yeah, All right. Take the wheel. Keep her stirring in. Right, sir. Well, nothing above decks. Shall we try the cabin? Seems to be stuck. Blowed. Empty. No sign of anything. Everything ship shaped. Lend me a torch, Captain, eh? We hear you. Thank you. Hmm. Albatross. Registered in the name of Daryl Sinfield. Homeport Penzance. Come along. I want to have a better look on deck. I wonder if the murdered woman on Lundy could have come from this boat. Possibly, sir. Uh, wait a minute. Yes. Quite possibly. Look here. Blood, hmm? Don't you think? Yes, quite. And by the wheel. The injured person stood at the controls for some time. How far offshore are we, Captain? Oh, I judge about a mile and a half. Hmm, queer. I suggest we take her in tow. If you'll send one of the crew to take the wheel, I think I should like to stay aboard. Aboard the derelict, I noted the following points. The anchor was in place at the bow. The engine cold, but in working order. The fuel tank was half-filled. In the mahogany paneling near the wheel was a deep gouge which might have been caused by a bullet. And on closer scrutiny of the cabin, I discovered more traces of blood there. Bloody footprints. We were met at the landing by a gnarled and rather foul old fisherman whom I learned had elected himself island constable. <laughs> About time. 
Are you the copper from Barnstable? Police Inspector Flower, you. This is Chief Detective Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard. Ah, I'll be bladdered. You mean you brought Scotland Yard all the way from London for one poor scuttered female? <laughs> My name is William Blee. How do you do, sir? <coughs> yes, quite. Uh, the dead woman, where was she found? Uh, found her myself down to Grouper Cove. I was fishing. In your telephone message, you mentioned foul play. Aye, foulish. Do you know who she is? Aye. <coughs> well? Uh, she's lying in the shed on some nets. Covered her with a tarp. Come. A surfish day. The rocks didn't do her face any good. You were saying, Mr. Blee, that you knew who she was. Aye. First I thought it was the Sinfield woman. Oh, Sinfield? Oh, but it ain't. Tis her companion, Maggie Pratt. Sinfield. That would be Mr. Darrell Sinfield? Aye. He owns the Albatross? Aye. Do you know where he is? Aye. Mr. Blee... I'm delighted to have you assist us, but I'd be most grateful if you would be a little more literal and a little less monosyllabic. Yeah, that's a blabberish mouthful. All right, he's fishing. He went off in his other boat, the turn. Hello. Inspector. What is it? Looks like bullet wound in the head. Point of entrance here, exit here. Yes. Mr. Blee, yeah. is Mrs. Sinfield on the island? Aye, she is. She's out at the cottage with that keel-flagging Irishman of hers, Kyle. Has she been notified of the death? Aye. She got vaporish, and the Irishman's taking care of her. I'll want you to take me out there. Aye. Tis a short walk, though mayhap not for a cityish man. I'm sure I can manage with your help. Uh, Flower, you will want to get the body back to the mainland. I'd like an autopsy as soon as possible and laboratory tests of the blood stain. Right you are, sir. I'll take it myself if you want to carry on here. Good show. Oh, by the way, would you send a message through to the yard for me? Yes, of course, sir. I'd like Detective Sergeant Moffat assigned to the case. Request that he catch the first plane, will you? Right you are, sir. And uh, now, Mr. Blee. Aye. I am at your service. Whilst he slotted His Majesty's language, William Blee managed to convey some rather interesting facts. Namely, that Mr. and Mrs. Sinfield had separated some two months before, and that she had not been on the island since that time, but had arrived by plane during the afternoon with the keel-flagged Irishman, Kyle. The Sinfield cottage turned out to be something more than a cottage. It rested on a knoll and commanded a view of the sea and a promontory that stretched out before it. <laughs> ah, there she be, Mr. Black, and I'll go no further. Oh? I'll have naught to do with that skirtish woman and that blister-bladdering Kyle. Yes, quite. Uh, but uh, I'll wait for you. Uh, while you're in there, I'll do some clamming for tomorrow's fishing. <laughs> Mr. 
Good evening. Mr. Cahill? Yes? Inspector Black, Scotland Yard. Oh, oh, yes, yes, about Miss Pratt. Yes, of course. Won't you come in? Thank you very much. Come into the library, do. There's a fire there. Pamela, that is, Mrs. Sinfield, is terribly upset. Maggie's been with her four or five years. Yes, I understand. Who is at the door of you? Oh. This is Inspector Black, my dear. Mrs. Sinfield, Inspector. How do you do? Madam. Is there any news of Jack? Jack, Mrs. Sinfield? Oh, yes, didn't you know? Jack Kettle. He's on the albatross with Maggie. I think you'd better tell me from the beginning. Well, no, perhaps you'd rather... No, you. I'm all right. Mr. Cahill and I came over to the island this afternoon to talk to my husband. We had planned to cross in the albatross, but Jack found motor trouble, and so we flew. If we hadn't... Now, 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 please, Pamela, don't think about what might have been. Jack Kettle is a sailor of sorts, Inspector. He's been taking care of the albatross. Mrs. Sinfield told him to bring the boat over after repairs, and Maggie was to come with him. Maggie's always been with me. I can't stand it. We want to harm her. We found the boat, Mrs. Sinfield. The, the albatross? Yes. And Jack? The boat was adrift approximately a mile and a half offshore. It was empty. Empty? I'm truly sorry that I have to question you at this time, but it's terribly important to establish these details. Now... At what hour might you have expected them to arrive here? Well, no, it's, it's difficult to say, Inspector. It would depend upon the extent of the repairs. But they still should have got here before nightfall. We watched for them until it was too foggy to see anymore. I gather, Mrs. Sinfield, that your husband has not yet returned. Uh, no, I don't know where he can be. Have you any means of communication with the village? No, I'm afraid not. Uh, Mr. Cahill... I'd appreciate a notification as soon as Mr. Sinfield does return. Oh, yes, yes, of course, I'd be happy to. Uh, you're staying in the village? Yes, at the inn, I believe. Well, I think that's all. Good night, Mrs. Sinfield. Thank you, Inspector. I'll see you to the door, sir. Oh, thank you. Inspector. Did, did you... Did you find absolutely nothing aboard the Albatross? I'm afraid not. Incredible. Well, what could have happened? That is what I intend to find out. Good night, sir. Good night. Well, Mr. B, finished your clamming? Nay, I never clam. I thought to serve a better purpose. By peeping through the window at that rancid pair. <laughs> you learned little, I'll be bound. Not quite. I noted there must have been a marked resemblance between the dead woman and Mrs. Sinfield. Aye. <laughs> I thought you would. The next morning, Moffat arrived by a special plane. And over a late breakfast of porridge and smoked roll, I brought him up to the mark on the case. Well, sir, rather messed up your holiday, I'd say. Well, I've known Inspector Flowered you for quite some time. I couldn't very well let him down. More roll, Moffat. No, thank you, sir. I'm quite finished. Right, oh. <clears throat> I haven't heard from the Sinfield place. I think we'd better hop out there. Worried about the husband, sir? I'm not sure. 
pretty place, sir. Yes, it is. I imagine fishing is quite good. I'd like to try my hand here, sir. William Blee, Moffat. The local something or other. Uh, what is it, Mr. Blee? Ah, scuttering wind. No good for fishing. <laughs> Yorkish. <coughs> well, we've got another one. Another one, Mr. Blee? Aye, I was coming to fetch you. He just swished ashore. The body of a man. Pursuit. With Ted DeCorsia starred as Inspector Peter Black, the pursuit on Lundy Island continues in just a moment. Gracie Allen has one of the sweetest dispositions in the world, but her sweetness and light get the acid test when a hit-and-run driver smashes up a fender on her beautiful jalopy tomorrow night. Acid test. There's plenty of acid when Gracie finds that husband George is probably the responsible party. So be listening when the Burns and Allen Show comes your way on most of these same CBS stations this Wednesday night. Do you think it's the chap from the Albatross, Jack Kettle? I'm afraid so, but come along. I'll make sure. The poor, sudden friend that had once been a man was identified Jack Kettle by papers in his pocket. He'd been shot twice, once through the left shoulder and then in the back. But here, the bullet had not passed through his body. Now we had something concrete with which to proceed. By the time I had arranged for removal of the body to the mainland, so that the bullet could be recovered, another development had occurred. Darrell Sinfield had returned from his fishing trip and was waiting for me in the study of his house on the north. Uh, sit down, Inspector. Uh, sit down. I hope you don't mind my receiving you in here, but since my... My dear wife is in the house. This is the one room where I may find privacy. My hunting and fishing room. I envy you, sir. You have a magnificent collection of rods and guns. Uh, thank you. I take a great deal of pride in them. Yes, you must. Uh, Mr. Sinfield, I presume you've learned of the tragic events of the past few hours. Yes, my wife told me. Any word of the young sailor? I'm afraid so. He, too, had been shot. His body was recovered a short time ago. Uh, Lundy has been such a peaceful place. Mr. Sinfield, mm. we discovered the boat Albatross unmanned and adrift about a mile and a half offshore last night. Did you at any time during your fishing trip sight her? I'm sorry, I was fishing over five mile bank. That's off the southern tip of the island. Oh, tell me, sir, any luck? I'm afraid not, it was rotten. Oh, I managed to muck up my boat with a few bloody mackerel, that's all. Oh, shame. Well, I shall probably be calling on you again, sir. I hope you won't mind. Oh, no, no, of course not. Uh, Inspector, 
I hope you'll understand if I don't show you to the door. As long as my wife is in this house with that man, uh, Cahill, I allow myself the indulgence of self-pity and prefer not to face either one of them. Yes, quite. Oh, um, one more point, sir. Do you keep the cabinet to your gun collection locked? No, I've never had any reason. I find Lundy folk are quite honest. Oh, that's a refreshing fact, sir. Good morning. Goodbye, sir. Oh, Inspector. Oh, there you are, Mrs. Sinfield. I was about to look for you. You and I just heard about poor Jack. Won't you come into the library, please? Of course. Oh, good morning, Inspector. This is shocking news. Have you progressed at all? Oh, this is a very odd affair. As a matter of fact, you can help me. I'm trying to establish a time element. Since you didn't know when the Albatross left the mainland after her repairs, could you give me the name of the Dockmaster? No, Hugh, it's no use. Inspector, the Albatross wasn't in need of repair. We lied to you. Oh? Didn't seem important at the time. I still have my pride, and I... I didn't want anyone to know that I'd come to beg my husband to give me my freedom. When I told him yesterday that you and I were coming over on the Albatross to settle things once and for all, he said he'd be gone by the time we got here. He didn't want to see us. That's why we took the plane. We thought we could catch him unaware. Maggie and Jack Kettle were to pick us up in the Albatross later. Mrs. Sinfield, is your husband in the habit of carrying a rifle aboard his boat? Why do you ask? When I talked to him, I noticed that one was missing from his gun cabin. I really couldn't be sure. I know he practices a great deal. He's a wonderful marksman. Good heavens, you don't suspect. My dear Mrs. Sinfield, at this moment I have no alternative but to suspect everyone. Moffitt and I wanted to look at Sinfield's fishing boat, the turn. We found her moored at his private landing at the inlet. We went aboard and made our discovery in the cabin. Well, Moffitt, here it is. Ah, a 303, sir. Yes. One shell in the chamber and an empty clip. Capacity five. That means he fired four, sir. And recently, from the smell of it... It doesn't make sense, Moffitt. An innocent man might leave a rifle like this, but... Would a murderer? He might, sir. He did have a motive. A jealous husband planning to do away with his wife and her lover. We know he expected them on the albatross. He could have waited on his boat. Good show, Moffitt. An expert marksman, say, 150 yards, close enough for accuracy, but distant enough to bring about a mistake in identity. You did mention a resemblance between the maid and Mrs. Cynthia. All right, you are. He shoots her first, she topples overboard... He never sees her again. Uh-huh. Then Kettle, first through the shoulder, then in the back. Uh-huh. He reaches the wheel and tries to swing out of range. Splendid reconstruction, if I do say so myself. There's only one thing wrong with it. Uh-huh. What's that, sir? Mr. Carhill and Mrs. Sinfield, we have only their word that they didn't see the albatross come into this inlet. Uh-huh. Perhaps they did see it. They could have waited high on that cliff, armed with one of the husband's rifles. But why, sir, if they... My dear chap, so that we would do exactly what we have done. Build a most excellent case against Mr. Sinfield. The arrest of an unwanted husband would be a novel way of getting rid of him. Even to the extent of spending the lives of two innocent people? If such was their plan, yes. Uh-huh. 
I left Moffat to further search Mr. Sinfield's fishing boat. A heavy afternoon mist had started to drift across the island, and I walked out on the high promontory that stretched like an accusing finger from the house on the north. There, at the edge of the cliff, I searched for traces of a hidden rifleman. Oh. Oh. Tis a clamish day, Mr. Black. Mr. Bleak. Uh, but no clams to be found. The tide is too high. I wasn't looking for clams, Mr. Bleak. Oh? Then you're looking for ways and means. Yes, Mr. Bleak. I owe you an apology. I underestimated you. <laughs> are you looking for clams, or are you looking for shells? That is a riddlish question, friend Black. It calls for a riddlish answer. The one is the both, and the both is the one. <laughs> yeah, but the weather is dribbling again. Tell me, is it usually like this at this hour? Aye, you can set your watch by it this time of year. In other words, the fog comes over the island and moves out across the channel toward the mainland. Aye. Could it be foggy here in the inlet, but a mile or so offshore remain clear as it was last night when I arrived? Aye. That's what it does every day. And tis a sad truth, for it'll bring deadness to a man. Yes, Mr. Blee. I think it will. The strange old fisherman accompanied me back to the cottage on the knoll and left me at the front door. Inspector Flowerdew had returned from the mainland with complete autopsy, ballistics, and laboratory reports. Moffat had gathered the suspects together in the library. You have forced me into a very unpleasant situation, Inspector. To be in the presence of this man, this woman whom I no longer consider my wife. You think it's any more pleasant for us? Please, please, darling. I'm sorry for you all. But murder is an unpleasant business and needs to be disposed of as quickly as possible. If you're prepared to do that, why are Pamela and I forced to witness it? For very good reason, Mr. Cahill. We have proof of innocence, which in this case establishes proof of guilt. You are being devious. Come to the point. Very well, Mr. Sinfield, I shall. Your wife and Mr. Cahill came here and awaited the arrival of the albatross. Mr. Cahill, do you consider yourself accurate with a rifle? Uh, of course he is. He's a fine shot. Mr. Cahill, could you hit a man at 300 yards? Now, now look here. I don't know what you're trying to do, but I... You I, see, I... Mr. Sinfield, they did have opportunity, but they also had fog. Fog that made it impossible to see even 30 feet. Are you suggesting that their supposed innocence makes me guilty? Exactly, sir. <laughs> we found a rifle on your boat. It had been fired. Of course it had. I shot a basking shark while I was fishing. I often do. The great ugly brute shy the fish away. That would be most difficult to prove. I suppose you will also deny that you were aboard the albatross after you shot both of its passengers. I shall? Quite so. How do you account for the blood stains we found on your fishing boat? Quite easily. Have you never caught mackerel, sir? They bleed like pigs. Exactly. And we found traces of that mackerel blood aboard the albatross. Uh, Tommy Rod, it proves nothing. Very well. According to the autopsy report, your shots were not alone responsible for Kettle's death. He jumped from the albatross and drowned. Why would he do that? How should I know? He jumped from the boat because you were pursuing him. 
When you failed to find him on deck, you went into the cabin, leaving further traces on the floor. I repeat, you have no proof. It's all guesswork. You're trying to bluff. This bullet, sir, is scarcely bluff. It was recovered from the man's body and has been traced to your rifle. Well, Mr. Sinfield, I think that's all. Yes. Yes, that's all. This time I'll do the job properly. <laughs> Daryl Sinfield's clutching fingers never reached his wife's throat. But they spoke his guilt much more eloquently than all of the evidence amassed against him. Pursuit. And the pursuit is ended. Pursuit is produced by Elliot Lewis. The script is written by Anthony Ellis and Gil Dowd, who directed tonight's show. Music was composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Featured in the cast were Raymond Lawrence, Joseph Kearns, Dan O'Herlihy, Bill Johnstone, John Daner, Peggy Weber, and Ramsey Hill. Pursuit. Next week, Pursuit will bring you another dramatic story of the man from Scotland Yard, relentlessly hunting down those whose disordered passions breed violence and murder. With Ted DeCorsia starring as Inspector Peter Black, next week we will present another story of man hunting man when we bring you Pursuit. This week, the Boy Scouts of America are celebrating their 40th anniversary. During those four decades, nearly 20% of the country's male population has been identified with the scouting movement, whose aims are to develop physical fitness, build strong character, and train for good citizenship. This is CBS, where Burns and Allen are every Wednesday night. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well, I, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, they did a great job creating uh, atmosphere. Uh, on the island, uh, the sound effects were superb, and I love that, uh, you know, kind of sleazy local constable to kind of be a foil and a bit of a contrast for Inspector Black, uh, very proper with, uh, Scotland Yard. And I think there's also that closing cadence, which really became one of the great, uh, trademarks of pursuit. Uh, pursuit and the pursuit is ended. Uh, just a, Classic way to end the show. Uh, by the way, the shows that we did do not have in existence are Pursuit of the Weymouth Killer, Pursuit of the Wormwood Scrubs Murderer, The Pursuit of the Elusive Ransom, and The Pursuit of the Lady in Waiting. 
Uh, well, we now turn to some listener comments and feedback. And we start out with an iTunes uh, review for the app by Thumper6974, who says, I began listening uh, when Dragnet with Adam was before he started the apps. I have other old-time radio apps, but there's something about this quirky guy that keeps me coming back. Uh, thanks, Adam. You've enhanced the pleasure of old-time radio. Well, thank you very much. And then we have a simple comment from Podcast Alley. Great show. Well, thank you so much for your comments and your support. Truly appreciated. We'll be back tomorrow with Pat Novak for Hire. And join us next Monday for another episode of Pursuit. In the meanwhile, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.